February 11, 2021. It's a lot for Pedro's show.
Offer Pedro Show. Happy Thursday. Maybe the second one of the month. Don't know for sure. I know Brother Matt's at the Love Grotto on the Pleasure Point because we're still in quarantine mode. But I'm not totally man alone because those engineers in Estonia with their righteous Skype software invention. Got Mr. Andrew Toy in Washington, D.C. talking to me. Yes, Welcome yes. Thanks for having me. Right. There you are. Uh, I got to tell people, uh, we start off the show with John Coltrane up against wall or against, right? There ain't no A, there's apostrophe. So up against wall. And then Noosa, Andrew Toy. Well, let's start with your journey. Your earliest, what's your earliest musical memory in your head, Brother Andrew? Ah, oh, geez. Earliest memory, probably like anybody with uh, an older brother, it, it's hearing music from the next room and saying, hey, what's that? You know, because anybody that's older than you is automatically cooler than you if you're, if you're a kid. Uh, so, uh, you know, as, as just like a little eight or nine year old just playing drums for the first time and, and hearing, um, you know, in my case, some some classic rock or some thrash metal. Uh, from the next room, it's like wow, like that's that's intense. I, I need to get on board with that. Um, like so, so that that's kind of how how it started, you know. Just as a, you know, in my case, just kind of a bored young kid in um, in Delaware, you know. And this was kind of like like anybody else. This is the the window into the world, or like this is kind of the introduction to um, what else could is possible, you know, beyond just like our you know kind of little little lives right there. Well, yeah, I want to get into how you get started with music, but I'm always curious about your earliest musical recollection because some people, they tell me they were hearing stuff inside their ma and shit. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I can't claim that. Yeah, but, me uh, either, you know. big time. So, but that's why I asked this question because we all, it's all different paths we uh, uh, individually take to get to where we are now, right? And right, so, and that, that's one, one of those like profound things I've heard is like, that's the first, like as, as a drummer or percussionist, the first polyrhythm you hear is your heartbeat against your mother's heartbeat, you know? Yeah. Because uh, you're you're creating rhythms, you know, from from the start. You know, the, the first time your ears open, you know, you're hearing different boom, boom, boom kind of things. So I don't know. Maybe maybe there's something to that. Maybe that's a uh, no. That I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not they, trying they to, rhythmically. I'm not trying to like say they're lying and shit. I'm just saying, in my case, I can't remember that shit. Oh no! I um, I don't know if anybody can, but but maybe there's some some subconscious sort of you know effect. Who knows? You know. But <laughs> what you did hit on though makes me think of something very fundamental, which is fucking rhythm. So that's that's a good good thing. Uh, and you also told me where in Delaware. Now, you also hinted at there was music going on, but it sounds like it was from. Um, it, it wasn't being made. It was uh, already recorded, like off records. Was there any instruments in this pad in Delaware? There was not until I started to take an interest and, in, you know, kind of just like on a whim. You know, I, it's not a musical family I came from, but, you know, just trying to, you know, picking up the drums like in the school band, you know, just like, um, you know, like a lot of other kids when, when they're that age. But then, you know, from there, it just kind of taken off like you know, decided kind of early on, like, yeah, this, this is the only thing that kind of works for me. Like this, like drumming speaks to me. You'd be surprised, um, then, Andrew, how many dudes, uh, ladies too, were influenced by an older brother or sister that played. Sure. Also, also the record collection. Yeah. But, right. uh, I, you know, I've, I've read over there at, uh, andrewtoy.net, uh, 
eight years old. So, eight years old, you get into the what? what since there is nobody playing, uh, making music in your pad, uh, and what's that like? Second grade, first grade. Uh, that would have been um. So yeah, like um. Yeah, where did the interest come? Why didn't you get on the fucking licorice stick or the bass guitar? Because we all know drums and and rhythm instruments are the coolest, right? So. You know, so I started, you know, fourth grade. I mean, honestly, because, you know, when I'm watching and listening to, um, you know, like Metallica or whoever, like at that time, I, I'm just focused. I'm fixated on, on the drummer. I mean, it's just so cool. They're behind this, like, mountain of, of noisemakers. Um, so, of course, like, you know, school band is not as, as hip as, um, you know, Metallica. But that was sort of like my in. So I think, oh, like, okay, it was cool. I can sort of... Uh, you know, just kind of learn the ropes and, you know, learn how to do this. So Eventually was, I can build school, it up and, school, you know. School introduced you or, or you were watching videos, but I was going to ask you about school. If you were in the marching band or the choir, shit like that. <laughs> uh, a little bit. I mean, mostly the, the, the jazz bands. Um, so I did that all throughout, um, you know, any any grade that offered it. Uh, mostly jazz bands, a little bit of that marching and concert stuff here and there, uh, some orchestra things. But Mostly the jazz band, because because that's the only chance, um, you know, in an academic setting, at least in my case, that you could get on a drum set, and that was always my my interest is getting on the drum set. All right, uh, let, let me figure out the timeline. Sure. You didn't do jazz band in grade school, did you? Well, when you no, were eight years no, old. No, 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 no. So 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 I started out um, in fourth grade, uh, you know, just playing, you know, the the snare drum and the triangle and stuff like that, uh, all throughout until I suppose. Eight, um, maybe ninth grade, maybe high school is is when you know they start offering um, you know jazz band and drum set sort of things. So that that's where it really for me started to sort of blossom, if you will. So playing in the school jazz bands, but then also meeting you know older guys in my area and, and starting um, kind of like indie and, and sort of punk bands. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm gonna uh, get to that, uh, but I'm I'm really curious the first stuff because the first stuff only happens once, right? So right. what about at home? When you're like that, like it says in AndrewToy.net, eight years old, you got a trap set like for Christmas or a, a you paper route, you bought it with your own money or what? Yeah, I mean, more or less. So, so that's um. so I think when I was uh, maybe 10, uh, my parents bought me a drum set from from the local farmer's market, uh, you know, just so some some beater kind of kit. But, you know, like they knew I was into it. You know, I wasn't doing uh, sports or anything else. So that's um. That was obviously like like my thing that I wanted to do. So where, where did you, know, you practice? Uh, parents' basement. Wow! So they're they're bitching people. <laughs> Absolutely, they're so tolerant. Like like now, like I can't like imagine like the patience they must have had because you know like I don't know how many hours. And then you know years down the road, like of course all the bands re rehearse at the drummer's house. So God, like like I mean, they 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 were they were saints just for putting up with it. Um, but uh, luckily, you know, down down so the basement, now. the basement turned into a prac pad. Yeah, that, I mean that that's it because I mean you know it's the one with the most gear is the one that um that's where the the practices happen. Um, e even now, like like in my own place, yeah, it's it's the drummer's house that everybody kind of converges on. Can I ask you the first sure. record you bought with your own money? Yeah, um, that would have been, and it's one I I still listen to to this day is um uh, Soundgarden. Um, uh, super unknown. Yeah, yeah. And then the first gig you went and saw. Um, there's a lot of little ones here and there, but That's the okay. first I would say like like big gig like you know at the local stadium uh, was uh, Nine Inch Nails. 
Yeah, but it could be a little one. Do you remember your little one? First one? That's really the first one. What was the, the, the first one? Remember, it's a Wild from Pedro <laughs> show, so there's no hard questions and there's no wrong answers. <laughs> um, no, nothing. No, I mean, maybe when, when I was like seven or eight, I think we saw Weird Al Yankovic. Um, okay. You know, like, <laughs> okay. okay. But that was you probably know, a big pad, too, right? It, it was. And, you know, and as, as a little guy, it's still like, you know, it's there's still the spectacle of it of like, like, yeah, like everybody's together and we're watching this band uh, perform, even if it's not, you know. Uh, super hip, but but yeah, I mean, there's there's still nah, like but that you know with, with me, you know, I gotta tell you where I am nowadays. Music's music, even right. if you're waiting for other people to write songs so you can make fun of them. <laughs> <laughs> Look, yeah, I want to play, Andrew. I want to play this. Happy, uh, you know that that's that's. I think that's what it's all about. I want to play this uh, music you gave me from uh, Proj called Spaces. Yeah, sure. <laughs>
That was beautiful. <laughs> Everything is so hollow 
from Pedro show yeah we heard spaces with the tune called interruptions and I didn't mean to interrupt you but we only got so much time you're passionate about music I love that though uh, the RAF irregulars with Chris Butler after that with impeachment day uh, devil hoof this is Devin Hoff's uh, little thing man alone on his uh, stand-up bass uh, psychic self-defense is what he's been doing during the COVID-19, uh, doing a lot of prac, because music, people, some of us believe it's a lifeline <laughs> in, in, in stressful situations. Uh, Thurston's got a new album. They did it at home maybe a month ago. It's called The Walk. Uh, well, no, the song is. Fuck, I can't remember what the record's called. Sorry, it's Thurston. Symphony Number no. 9. Now, this is a cat that goes back in Thurston's uh, history. The Wharton Tears in New York City. He wrote this... Uh, Symphony, this piece, Symphony Number no. Nine, his Number no. Nine, Beyond, and this is a rough version. He wrote it for a symphony, but in the meantime, yeah, do everything on MIDI, right? Like, a, fuck it, it's the first movement, uh, deliberation, Wharton Tears, beautiful guy. One time I got to record with uh, Bob Quine. Steve Shelley was the drummer man, oh. and uh, it was uh, Bobby Dylan, Visiono, Johanna, uh, Frieza. Okay. Hands Rotten, no, Just Joy, brand new, from Joyful Noise, Bless Your Name. Uh, Jonathan from the that label, uh, Cancer Took Him, f- Fucked Up. Beautiful guy, beautiful label. Support uh, Joyful Noise, people. Hands Rotten, from Switzerland, after that, Shoegaze Poser. <laughs> Whatever that means. <laughs> you know, Boris Prendon from the D.C. area. This might trip you out, Andrew. Um, sure. So starting in the late 70s, maybe recorded, I don't know, 5,000 songs and ended up doing five gigs. They're still together. <laughs> yeah, these guys are still making music and stuff. Beautiful. Yeah. And this is a tune called Camera Obscura. Uh, Stolen Moments. It's both the name of the band and the tune, a live uh, excerpt. And it's got a drummer man, Ed Wilcox, out of New York City. Great. He was on the show last month and great uh, drummer man and beautiful uh, stuff he taught me when we had our spiel. And then finally, some music you gave me. Uh, Lisa said, with Come and Go, Comes and Goes. 
Mm-hmm. Fucking that up. Okay, so let's get to this part, like, after school. Not after school, but, like, in the moment. <laughs> so you got your buddies, and you got the basement band, obviously, not the garage band or bedroom, but basement, because that's where the prac band. Did you make uh-huh. b- uh, bands with your buddies? I did, I did. And, and really, like, it was more the other way around. More like I would find a band because everybody wanted to find a drummer and then became buddies um so you know music was sort of my way of um making friends because uh, you know that that was like in in throughout life i mean all my best friends um have been a result of uh playing the drums so, so that's something i'm always um grateful for so you know mostly I, like, I know exactly what you're talking about that was that, yeah that's what music was for me and d boone it was a way of being together mm-hmm. i know exactly it's it's hard to Relate to people who haven't had that experience, though, because people think it's just a hustle to try to get money or girls, but sometimes it's to be with guys you like. Right, right, and, and that—that's the common ground. And uh, yeah, I know you—you you know it well. Um, so yeah, like I, I, you know, as like a younger guy, like meeting these, you know, sometimes older guys out that wanted to play in bands, and you know, they would—they would sneak me into the the bars because you know they'd be all of age and I'd be underage. Um, you know, just to play, you know, just as much as possible. And, you know, growing up in Delaware, that, that meant going to Philly a lot, um, you know, just, you know, cause that's where all the, um, all the fun was. So, so, you know, it was just things like that. Um, yeah, just playing in just all kinds of different bands and, well, um, when, I want to, before you go to the bars and stuff and you're just doing the, the, the first band you had in that basement, did you guys yeah. start writing songs or did you try, cause we, 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 when we first did music. We l- try to learn songs off records. Did you do that? Not a whole lot, to, to be honest. I think there might have been a couple, um, you know, clever covers thrown in. But um, yeah, I think like like in my case, it was a bunch of um, you know guys that were just kind of like dorks on their own instruments uh, and just like coming together and you know trying to like maybe just imitate their their favorite uh, bands, which in this case was a, a lot of like um, post punk and, and uh, kind of new wave things. And doing like their their best sort of like um, interpretation of it, I guess like their their best sort of still... uh, impression of it. But you know, I think that's how a lot a lot of times it starts. It's like you try to imitate something, and before you know it, you're doing your own thing. Yeah, uh, but Andrew, that, uh, what, what I was saying is like, yeah, we were trying to imitate. We were actually trying to play their fucking songs. It was like building models, you know. <laughs> but the other thing is, like you say, you're influenced. So, yeah, we're a Pixies band, but we're not playing Pixie songs. But right. supposedly Kurt said that about his uh, Teen Spirit tune. Okay, uh, when you write a book, you use a lot of words other people use, but it can still be an original book. Right, right. Okay. Yeah, I, I was we like weren't the, doing that. Yes. We, were, we were trying to, because that was the way it was in the 70s. No one in Pedro here wrote their own songs and never thought of using mu- music as expression. So that's why I asked that question. Because so many people tell me in these spiels that they started writing their own material right away. And I love that. <laughs> I think, you know, it's a little bit of both. Because I was thinking of it as like, you know, if you're learning, you know, your native language for the first time as like, as like a, a child, you know, children learn by imitating their, their parents usually and, and whoever else. So you know, they, they kind of like learn the ropes by just imitating and copying and whatever. But, you know, through years of, you know, practice, even though you don't think of it as practice, you start to come up with your own things. You know, you're using the same words. Everybody's, you know, using the same words. Uh, you'd be surprised, but, man. 
the the best guy in Pedro was the guy who could play Black Dog the best. That was that was just the way it was. It was a different value system. Yeah. So like okay. Te- technique over expression. Anyway, mm-hmm. anyway, let's get back to your musical journey. What was your first gig with this uh, basement band? Did it have a name? So, so this band, um, and, and there was a, a string of bands like, um, yeah, first one, uh, first, I was there, but the first one, yeah, it's a band called, um, to Althea from prison. So it was uh, named after a poem. Probably the first gig was, um, there, there was a cafe in, in Wilmington, Delaware. It's not there anymore. It was called the wild child cafe. Uh, great name and great spot. Cause it was one of the only, um, all ages ven- venues, uh, at that time. So, and, and they would, they would just book anybody. So of course, as like a band that's you know younger and kind of a little bit out there um that's perfect so so i think like the first couple gigs i played was uh at the wild child cafe so so it was like a i think like a a vegan cafe by day and an all ages venue by night so it was like the perfect setting Um, that first gig was it a success yeah like like i mean at least in my mind we're like you know by the end of it i was you know drenched in sweat and just like like the you know, sort of nervous excitement was just like through the roof. Um, cause I think I was 14 or 15. Um, yeah, like, I mean, that, that made it a success. Like it really didn't matter. No, nothing else really mattered. I mean, just like pouring your heart out, um, and doing the best you can. Um, so yeah, in that, that sense, sure. It was a success. Man, we had shit like, you know, you play Kegger here in Pedro. And if that guy knew the song you were playing, you know, magic carpet ride or born to be one, he could take your guitar and play it better for than you in front of everybody and shame your ass. So there's different experiences. That's why I ask these questions. What about hey. after school? Do you go to college for music? I went to college, but but not for music. Um, so I learned sort of a, a trade, um, c- computer programming, as a backup plan sure. uh, that luckily I didn't need. So I figured, you know, if I had this backup plan, I'd be more willing to take risks, which which I, I was. I don't uh, think that's a bad. Uh, I don't think that's a bad move at all. Cool. Um, yeah, because I really wasn't interested. In, you know, I, I I studied drums and had some teachers, and um, but you know, honestly, I learned more from playing in bands and going to shows than I did, uh, you know, taking classes or you know. So I had no interest in studying music in school. Uh, but you know, I I learned a trade. But then as soon as I um uh, graduate or like a couple weeks after I graduate from college. Uh, I started my first gig on working on cruise ships. So I, I did that for a couple of years. Uh, and that was like sort of my introduction to like professional music way of life. So, so it was just kind of floating around for a few years, um, just playing drums. So, so that's kind of, um, there's been no real turning back since. Let me think about Delaware. R- Roboth Beach I've played. That dog. Uh, yeah. Rehoboth, dog sure. Rehoboth, that's the name of it. But I don't think there's any cruise ships. <laughs> no 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 um yeah it's a little peninsula listeners that if you want to take a shortcut to chesapeake (laughs) as i've done it on several tours yeah that beer right there's the actual place Uh, yeah the dogfish head is what you're thinking Um, yeah and they they sort of rule the town i mean you know that's like you know they've actually they they have like a a venue there they opened up a few years ago so they have a brewery and you know they had that venue and a couple pubs and stuff like that so uh yeah that's a big thing down that way down uh rehoboth for sure (laughs) we're at the end of the first hour february 11 2021 edition pedro show special guest andrew toy whole time for hour two 
February 11, 2021. It's the second hour of the Watt from Pedro show.
lot for Pedro. Shall we start off the second hour? Andrew Toy doing the cemetery. Then uh, Thumbscrew through an open window beneath the ruins, Temple of Regret. Emmanuel Maresca, Emmanuel Ferris. He's living in Berlin now, but Terracina guy. And there's, I'm going to ruin the Italian language here, so forgive me. Scusi. A volta la vita è brutta, ma prima o poi arriva sempre il momento peggiore. Sounds right to me. Peggiore. Peggiore. Ore. Peggiore, that's it. Sure. My Ma's people came from there, but I'm, I'm lame. Sorry. Uh, hearsay with uh, Ho Hugger Alt. Uh, this is from the Joshua Tree in the early 90s, old days, when there wasn't a lot of music coming out of there from young people. And then finally, Daytime Raccoon with Andrew Toy. Uh, from Andrew Toy, you, Brother Andrew. And, That's uh, me. We got a lot here. Wa wash bears, right? And you stay away, man. They got rabies. You don't want to buy them, but they are interesting. And they're Especially in the daytime. You don't know. Well, they're usually, <laughs> yeah, they're usually sick if they're on the daytime, right? Because they hide. They're nighttime guys. And they're big. You know, I, t I do morning hobbles by the waterfront, Pedro's in the harbor. And uh, so at crack of dawn, it, it's a transition. So I, I do see. And man, you know, there's a lot of garbage. They're huge raccoons because, uh, right? That's what they're chanting. Okay. So cruise ships. Now, what was the connect? That was just kind of on a whim. Um, just applied like like almost like a sort of like hey wouldn't that be funny like well, let me let me try it out um so you know i just kind of through the internet said hey how do i apply who do i talk to and um and it worked and you know they said hey like tell us about you send in some materials um i auditioned over the phone you know so that was like just totally on a whim random but it ended up being like just i mean such a good thing for somebody in their, you know, I think I was 22 when I started that. It's like that hadn't really spent much time outside of Delaware to suddenly be uh, traveling the world, living on boats. Uh, so, so that was um, that was a good, I suppose, like a formative experience. Now, probably not a lot of experimental music. No, and that that, that was really the the downside, um, and why you know eventually, you know, I kind of. Jump so shot. I, I got everything that I was going to get out of it and, and stopped doing it uh, because, yeah, musically is it's very uh, it's very square. You know, it's very kind of just like, um, you know, playing like a, the, the old American songbook and a lot of like standards and things like that. So it was good playing experience. I mean, for somebody just, um, you know, not having played a whole lot professionally to just be on stage every night. And then on top of that, being able to travel around and uh, see different parts of the world. Uh, that was cool. But, you know, eventually it's like, OK, like. This has run its course, like, because um, you can't really have another life besides that. Because I mean, you're living on on the boat. You can't really like have a side project or anything like that. Uh, so it's kind of all encompassing. So so I did that for two and a half years. Um, but yeah, that, that was a good experience again. You know, for somebody in their early twenties. And talking about learning other people's songs, totally. Yeah. Right. Okay. So after that, what happens for you? Musically, music yeah, after that, musically, you know, I kind of um, almost like starting from scratch because, you know, I just spent so much time uh, away, you know, I come back and, you know, I didn't really have any like connections. So that's where, 
you know, just kind of, um, you know, it's kind of a little bit of a drag because, you know, I didn't really, um, you know, have any like gigs or anything like waiting for me. So just started to kind of like scrounge around like, you know, who needs a drummer, you know, kind of this like, you know, survival sort of thing and um, hitting up the Craigslist and things like that. So, you know, a lot of kind of, um, you know, meandering and stuff like that, like felt a little bit lost. Um, hooked up with a couple bands in the process, though, uh, did some touring, especially like uh, East Coast and through the Midwest. Um playing a few different things you know when one band was playing uh some funk another band was playing some uh irish music uh so all these sort of things that you know came across and it's like okay like i don't know much i haven't had much experience in these sorts of styles but but we know that you know genre is bullshit you know it's yeah, uh fuck. you know it, it's all it's all music it's all um well you gave you know, me some music here called kitchen noise i want to play hunting yeah. hunting sure. town
Watt for Pedro show. Start off that chunk of music with Kitchen Noise. Huntingtown. You know, we got Huntington Beach, so that's why I almost fucked up there. <laughs> I, I usually misread that, too. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They had a, w. a um, war with Santa Cruz over who's surfing USA, who gets to, even though it was written by a Hawthorne band that ain't really on the beach about 10 miles away. Uh, Bang, Bang Lang, 1999 after that. Oh, yeah. Uh, my buddy Nez in Hokkaido, the big North Island in Japan, sent me a bunch of music from over there. So these uh, these next uh, six bands are from Hokkaido. Uh, Bang Lang with 1999, Car Thief School with Abura, Chick Unokiki with Brown, Not Sun Childs with Pity, Frying Pan from Meat Cop, and then finally Slang with Zingy. And then we had uh, Andrew Toy with Downstream. You know, we got... You gave me some tunes here that are Andrew Toy. Did you ever have in your mind, Andrew, maybe not join somebody's band? Why did I fucking start my own band? And that's exactly what happened. Um, I think that's you know where a lot of people start to focus on their own things. Um, you know, especially maybe us rhythm section people, because you know it's all about being that perfect sideman. Sometimes it's like you know, how can I serve you know whatever band wants to um, hire me? How can I make the talent shine? Uh, and that's cool. Like I love doing that. I love just like backing up talent. Um, and of course, you know that's something that I um, do a lot. But then eventually, it's just like okay, like I'm tired of like waiting on other people or you know what trying I, what, to what trying I've to fit what call... I do to to fit somebody else and things like that. So then, yeah, it's like you know, you know what, why you not? You know why I've heard that called, Andrew? Sidemanitis. Ah, okay. <laughs> I, I like that better than. But selfish. you know what? I think it's good to do some of that, though, because life is about taking turns. If you're going to ask somebody to take directions, shouldn't you, you yourself learn how to take direction? I think it's okay to do some of that. But I think if it's 100% side man, yeah, there's some complexes start to develop. Right. Or, or just some sort of like, I don't know, like frustration, oh. frustration. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, kind of one hand feeds the other. You know, it just I'll kind of take something from whatever gig with other people kind of throw that in the pot but i'm doing my own thing of course there's no other sort of parameters there's nobody telling me or you know or it's not me trying to figure out what somebody else wants you know out of out of me um so yeah but both both ways um are rewarding in, in their own ways but yeah especially playing solo and especially in the past year um you know it's been like pretty cool just to see what happens when it's just me you know yeah because uh, well just the mindset right Drummers, bassmen, what you call it rhythm section. That's a good, good word for it. They, they, they can't be leaders. They got to be supporters. And I Jerry. just, I think that's kind of weird. Right? Any, anybody can handle, handle it if they got enough nerve. Absolutely. Yeah. And, um, you're, you're the proof of that. You know, it's, it's like you don't need, um, like a front man, of course. You know, everybody can have their own sort of thing. And there's no rules that say like what sounds can and can't be um, on stage, you know. So it's just like why not just make your own sound, you know? That that kind of just all comes from maybe just the bass or just the drums, uh, and it might end up being something completely um, different. And, and that that could be a good thing. I think a lot of times that is a good thing because it's going to be different no matter what. Uh, well. At least you got to take personal responsibility, right? If it don't work, you can't blame other people. That's it. That's it. Um, but what about that situation? 
you've been, God, they tried you out over the phone for the fucking boat gig. How did you try out dudes? How do I try out people? Yeah, I mean, it's been done to you a bunch. So in turn, how do you do it to perspective projects? Well, I, I, I haven't had to do that yet. Um, so oh, you haven't? I, 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 I thought, my own. Go ahead. Me, me, these Andrew Toy, this is you alone. Oh, okay. Okay. Me alone. And then when I, when I play live, um, it ends up being a, a pretty different than, than the recordings because um, I'm doing a lot of like I automate like looping and stuff like that. So not not backing tracks or anything like that. But, um, you know, I kind of sample myself and um, mess with it on, on stage. OK, you know, but like it's that, still a one man show. OK, I, I misunderstood. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think that's bitching. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's balls it, out it, and very, it's, it's, very, very bitching. Look, we're at the end of the second hour, February 11, 2021 edition, Watt Peter Show. Hold tight for hour three. February 11, 2021, it's the third hour of the Watt for Pedro Show.
So the newest spirits wandering through your dreams Cut them down in darker places Liar light just might be the same Did you hear what they did today? Guess it doesn't matter if it falls within the bounds of what we'll take That cruel jade lady swore to buy the trouble from our eyes Oh, the sand, sand, wash over
Watch for Pedro Show. Start off the third hour with Andrew Toy doing In the Clearing. Then Crane with the Grand Design. Dulce Drone with Pissyog. Maybe Gaelic. Again, sorry for destroying languages, people. I don't mean it. Network Glass Al Balmore. This guy's incredible. His name's Dor. He does bitching sounds, you know. I don't know how he creates, but it's a really rhythmic. I think it comes from ed- editing, or maybe. Or, but OVT2. And then Paul Motion, a great drummer man, who led his own band, and Petra sang a bunch with him. If I could be with you, we lost him to cancer. And finally, uh, Sins of Sam from Pigeon Kings. So people, Watt fucked up and assumed, my pop used to say, when you do that, you make an ass out of you. He said, that was not spelled that way on accident, boy. <laughs> anyway, when, when Andrew Toy went for his own music, it was man alone, okay? He didn't go and make another band with other members. He was the only member. Let's talk about that, Brother Andrew. Sure, sure. So it's... um. You know, what started out as maybe just like a challenge um, or like like a personal challenge or like a curiosity, like like, hey, like, could I actually put on a show with just the drum set um, and not have it be like too self-indulgent, but like maybe use like um, electronics or looping or things like that to make pieces that kind of stood on their own um, just coming from drums and percussion and, you know, found percussion and just things that I hit on stage. Um, so, you know, it kind of grew and grew and grew, you know, and the beauty of playing solo is you can kind of get to it whenever sort of the inspiration strikes you and, you know, whatever sort of mood you're in and whatever direction you want to take, there's no other people saying like, oh, let's keep it over here. Or like, oh, that's going a little too far in that direction. So it ends up being like very, um, you know, I mean, in one way, maybe self-indulgent, but in another way, maybe just like very true because, you know, um, you know, I'm not trying to fit um you know a bandmate's expectation or an audience expectation um i'm just trying to like make things that i think sound uh interesting but yeah it's all coming from the the drums i'm like automating like looping and effects and things like that um so when i play it live uh all the sounds come from me hitting something on stage and then messing with that sound and like trying to like create these arrangements out of it and uh yeah and just playing playing solo it's like if it goes good you know then you know it feels great because you know it, it's all you if it goes bad well you know at least you're not letting anybody else down you know so it's a, uh, so it, it is it is pretty liberating even if it is sometimes a little like you know you miss other people and it's it's sometimes a little scary just to like do it totally solo but um but uh, it, it's cool you know it, it's fun just to see what happens can i ask you about composition because you know charlie sure. mingus was a bass man but he composed on piano he never composed on the bass. Mm. So I'm wondering about for your man alone stuff. Do you, how do you how do you come up or is it improvised? How, how do you compose? So it's a little bit of both. Um, a lot of ways I'm um, the form might be the thing that I do beforehand, but then the actual playing might be the improvised part. So in some ways it would be like like a jazz uh, arranger that maybe comes up with a chord progression or just like um, like a lead sheet or something like that. But then you give it to two different people, you're going to get two different results. Or um, you know, in my case, I give it to myself on two different days and I get two different results. Uh, so the form might be something I, I kind of program beforehand with um, you know structures with looping or maybe I have a general idea of like what instruments I want to play or you know what sounds I want to go for. But then like 
in the moment, you're just improvising within that um, guardrails, you know, within those, that, those sort of parameters that, that you kind of set beforehand. So a lot of times it is, yeah, like I look at it as like making a um, like an outline or like a coloring book. And then what you do in the moment, that's where you're coloring in the lines. And, you know, sometimes that's very neat and very pretty. Other times maybe it's a little chaotic. It's a little outside the lines. But the structure, like the skeleton, is still the same uh, at all times. So to answer your question, like I guess kind of like a um, like, like like in a jazz setting, like like coming up with a progression. Okay, or p- patterns, right? Patterns, yeah, right. yeah, and, so um, schema, in, interlocking patterns, I guess, like like for drums and like thinking about polyrhythms and oh how- yeah, let me let me ask you about that because right, you can pile things up with uh, sample loops or just multi-tracking. Mm-hmm. Now you say yep. live, you don't use backup tracks, right? So right. Just- so, um, yeah, I mean that's kind of like you know the danger of like looping and you know where sometimes it can get a little bit out of hand or whatever. It's just when you start just stacking and stacking and stacking, and then you know you just end up with like this big mess sometimes. <laughs> um, so you know, obviously that's something I, I try to avoid, and especially with with drums, but you know other rhythm instruments like it's tempting to just like add and add and like fill up all the spaces. So, you know, that's something that I try again not to do and like leave space, even though it's um, an instrument that can maybe fill up a lot of space with a lot of notes. So, you know, using loopings and things like that in ways that still leave space. Um, and then like having loops, you know, cut in and out at certain times and, you know, maybe going through a certain set of effects at certain times and things like that. So that, it carves out some space for other uh, improvisations. Um, so that's where, you know, just the whole sort of tech sort of, you know, hashing well, things let me out. Let ask you this tech question. To play. What about you firing off other sounds, right? Samples mm-hmm. with the drums. Like you could play the bass guitar via the drum set. Do you do shit like that? Um, very sparingly. Um, so yeah, like I like, at least the, the way I approach it, I always like to start with like an acoustic sound. Um, so, so what, what I'll do more often is take like the sound of the drums and then maybe pitch it up or down so that you do get like, I mean, you pitch the drums down, you get all these like kind of bassy kind of uh, sounds, pitch them up and you get all these like really like lead kind of sounding things. Uh, so I like it when like, you know, the sound starts from the drums and this is, you know, of course, running it through effects and things like that. Um but yeah, like I, I like this idea of everything starting from the so physical. So you're not so much into the sample. See, I was talking about like fire. Get this: you listen to that butt rock from the '80s. They, the drummers are firing drum samples. <laughs> yeah, and, and that, that's the sort of thing. You know, and as soon as you mentioned like electronic, and you know how dated that like, sound is, especially that fucking gated snare, right? Tow, tow. I'm I'm not into that. It's like it's like you've got like the real thing in front of you. Why are you hitting samples? Like um. I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, maybe that's old school or whatever, but that whole like kind of like blending of like electronic and acoustic, I think that that's what's what's hip for, for me anyway. It's just yeah. like starting with something acoustic and then messing with it. I mean, then like, you know, once you've you've recorded it and played it and looped it or whatever, then mess with it. But yeah, okay. um, it, it feels to me like wrong to like hit like yeah, a rubber yeah. pack. It's like little it tape recorders. You're just hitting the play buttons, right? The space bar on the <laughs> crap top. Look, I'm yeah, going to play this not... um, disaster pendulum. Yeah.
and learning humble tactics. How to get up, shaking from a stumble before the sun. Oh well. Stains we leave on cities. Angry, angry roads, brick with people rolling forward like onions and slaves stretched before you in television pain. Frowns down. Mental, mental. It's fundamental. And the pities in the cities. Yesterday. A big pot, a big pot of chili. Good and age by now, I'm bored and broke. I swap a bowl of chili for some 420. Some 420, a big pot, some 420. Come on over and eat my chili, smoke your weed, play some tunes, tell some jokes. And race and looks are unimportant. Age and race and looks are unimportant. Age and race. I'm serious about this. Also looking for a guy who'd like to get together now and then to drink coffee and hug. I'm not gay. Anything like that I just enjoy A cup of java With another guy 
in our underwear. Kind of a male bonding sipping thing. A big pot, some 420, a big pot, a chilly eating buddy. Age and race and looks are running boy. Age and race and looks are running boy.
Last music for this edition. Brought from Pedro Show. Disaster Pendulum. Andrew Troy. Off air, people were talking about Perk. Drummer man. Mm-hmm. The Andrew Diggs. So do I. Ready to fail. No, ready to fall. Sorry. <laughs> Live uh, from Abrams, Damon, Graham, Mendoza. Eva Mendoza gave me this. This is some live improvised stuff that's very interesting. Stony Spring after that. Don't Let Me Die at Coco's. Yeah, not such a good band name, but a good tune. Uh, Veda Hill after that. Uh, Chili Eating Buddy. Uh, she did these tunes. It's interesting because you said Craigslist. That's where she makes these songs off fucking actual Craigslist ads. And then finally, <laughs> Sneaking Suspicions, Andrew Toy. Uh, so I told people where they can find you on the internet, andrewtoy.net, people. But uh, uh, right, are you composing right now a new Andrew Toy album? Right now, I mean, this um, – so now that, that the, the album's out and came out uh, last month, uh, now I'm sort of reverse engineering it and trying to, like, uh, build it more into the live show. So, um, you know, fingers crossed that stuff comes back this year so. Now it's a way of like um, adapting it back like those and, and maybe some other ideas into um, into more of like the live show. Uh, so, so I'm ready for it, you know, whenever it happens um, again. And I did I did a live stream the other day from a venue in D.C. and, and it went pretty cool. Um, so, yeah, just getting ready for that. And then, yeah, in the meantime, like, you know, just starting. I'm always kind of like experimenting. And, you know, whenever there's a cool idea, just hit record just just to have it, you know, because you never know when. You know, you want to like go back and kind of work it into something. So no, um, yeah, it, it's an informal what? writing thing. That that's that's uh, reminding me. We got to get more and more music making people into recording themselves. Everybody can do it nowadays, and right. to have a, have that ability at your pad, especially if the sitch like this comes off. Why not? It, you know, it's like the old days when you needed a driver. <laughs> no, we learned how to drive our own cars, right? I think that's right. going to have to happen. And, and I love what you're doing. Uh, Thank you. And, and I think, you know, it's luckily it's happening more and more. And, you know, you yeah. see like and, and course, the like, shit got more econo, like, right? Yeah, the, the gear to do it got way more econo. It's not like the 70s or 80s. Exactly. And they say like now, like, you know, you know, a thousand dollars worth of computer and software is better than, you know, a half million dollar studio 20 years ago. Um, Dude, we were paying sometimes fifteen hundred dollars a day for one day in the studio up in Hollywood. I believe it. Can you yeah. believe that? Look, it's been a huge honor and big inspiration. Uh, I was asking about the next album. I know you just put one out, but I, when you get the next one out, will you come back on the show? Absolutely. Thanks yeah, so please. much, Andrew. Keep on keeping on, please. People, it's been a February 11, 2021 edition of Pedro Show. Keep your powder dry.